Less than three weeks until kickoff. It's time to get serious. We're going to do a top-to-bottom preview on the whole Michigan State football team. What does this season mean? What are the expectations and also strengths, weaknesses, and question marks for both sides of the ball? Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked On Spartans listeners, thank you so much for kicking off your week with us here at Locked On Spartans. Your team in green and white five days a week. Hey, these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to another day closer until football season. That's right, week one is, is creeping around the corner here. We're less than two weeks until week zero. Very exciting. So we got something for everyone here. You know, the guys that are really super into football, all you message board heads out there. And then also, hey, the group that's just like a Fairweather fan. Like, yeah, I'll tune in every Saturday. I know half the players. Like, we're going to try to strike a balance here. We're going to go through everything there is to know in about 30 minutes here. So nice snackable content, if you will. Let's get into the mix right now. Hey, Biggest question, what does this season mean for Michigan State for Mel Tucker? And let's just get this out of the way right now. No, 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 no. There is not a hot seat for Mel Tucker this season. A really good way to point out if someone has no idea what they're talking about is if they say, whew, Mel's in the hot seat this season. With a buyout that is about $75 million? No, 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 no. We're in this marriage for a few more years, whether any of us like it or not. However, just because it's not a hot seat season doesn't mean it's not a massive season for the future at Michigan State. Look, Mel Tucker believes it. The college football world, by and large, believes it. I believe it. You probably believe it. But hey, recruiting is the best way out of a hole in a rebuild. And that's what Michigan State is in right now. That was made well, crystal clear last year in the 5-7 and seven season that there's a way to go here for Mel Tucker. Now, if you can have a solid year coming up, if you could build some momentum, if you could show recruits that, hey, you know, we got a lot of young talent on this team. Many of these guys just true sophomores or redshirt sophomores. If you could win with that and show that you can develop those young kids, that's going to show a lot of recruits that, okay, Mel Tucker isn't just selling some phony vision, he's selling a reality. So can you show the fan base as well that, hey, you know what, can you coach in these late game situations because it it got a little hairy there at certain times last season, the Wisconsin game, the Illinois game, if you want to go back two seasons ago, the Indiana game, the Rutgers game, I mean, unfortunately there's no shortage of options that you can go back to and say, uh oh, that was kind of squirrely coaching there at the end. So it goes beyond what you can show recruits. Can you show fans like us that we do have a grasp at late game situations here as well? And also, yay, can you show the fan base that yes, it was just a lack of talent last year? It was just the whole list of injuries that you had last year being the reason that you went five and seven because. Well, uh, unless you're uh, not really that tuned into Michigan State football, which, hey, good for you. You have a healthy relationship with this team. No coordinators uh, left in the offseason. Mel Tucker kept most of his coaching staff. Really, the only guys that left were guys that left on their own terms. And that is showing to the world that he thinks 
that it was a talent issue. It was the injury issue. We're going to see if it pays off. But yes, that is a gamble Mel Tucker is making on himself right here. So hey, if you win eight games, hey, you know what? That, that is a smashing success. Smashing success. That's a great path forward that's going to show the world, fans, recruits, players, that hey, you know what? This this is the path to college football supremacy for Michigan State. You go 5-7 and seven again... Okay, Houston, we're, we're going to have a problem here because I will. good luck getting any recruiting momentum going back in the trail with back-to-back five and seven seasons. Now, if you're somewhere in the middle of that, you win six or seven games, I look, it, it's it's a success. It, it's, it's a little nudge forward, but hey, at least it's slowly getting momentum going in the right direction here. But yeah, I mean, eight wins, big success here. Anything higher than that, my God, we'd be over the moon about because let's talk expectations right now. What do we actually expect from this team? There's a few ways to look at it. Let's go fly over to Vegas. Let's go check in with the fine people at FanDuel and see what they have to say. Uh Uh-oh, the line is 5.5 for wins for Michigan State. That means, hey, Vegas expects Michigan State just to win five games this season. All right, let's go to Paul Fanson. He goes by Dr. Green and White on Twitter. He does great work for Spartans Illustrated. Go subscribe to Spartans Illustrated to get ready for the season as well. He crunches all the numbers. He's a very smart guy. Not not like this guy in the microphone here, but hey, at least I could read what Paul Fanson is writing, and he has Michigan State favored in six of these games. Now, however, other than the toss or other than the, the clear cut favorite games like against Central, against Richmond to start the season, the other four games Michigan State is favored in, it's a razor thin margin. Whereas the other six games for Michigan State, well, they're, they're pretty big spreads. The, the closest spread amongst Michigan State being underdogs for is Minnesota at a seven and a half point projected spread, according to Paul Fanson of Spartans Illustrated. So the expectations. Are a five and seven season according to Vegas. Are a six and six season according to the math. But look, there's reason to believe that Michigan State can do better than that. We're gonna get to that in a second here. But hey, you know what? What hurts Michigan State? Why? Why is everyone so down on Michigan State? Well, sure, bouncing back from a five and seven season. Yeah, losing your starting quarterback at the last day of the spring transfer portal window. That's right, Peyton Thorne no longer here if you missed that news. That's not necessarily completely ideal either. And then, oh yeah, your wide receiver that could be an NFL player, Keon Coleman. Yeah, he split pretty late as well. But what else is hurting Michigan State this season? It is that schedule. All right, the coaches poll came out last week. Number two, Michigan. Number four, Ohio State. Number seven, Penn State. Number 11, Washington. Michigan State plays all of those teams. Woohoo! Awesome. Lucky us. Uh, and also, if you want to just go by votes, Minnesota was the first, I'm sorry, Iowa, excuse me, Iowa was the first team not in the top 25. They would have been rated 26. But also, hey, you are taking road games to Minnesota as well on top of Kinnick. So it's going to be a tough schedule for our Spartans. However, what helps our Michigan State Spartans this season? Well, this is kind of a joke, kind of not. But, like, math alone, just, like, on odds alone... You should not have the injury misfortune that you had last season. I mean, this is a stat we bark out many a time here on Locked on Spartans. 
27 different starters on defense last year. Many of that injuries, yes, some was the uh, suspension after the tunnel kerfuffle at Michigan last year. So, you know what, just on math alone, it's rare to have that many injuries. It's also pretty rare to have an incident where, well, eight guys are suspended for the last month of the season. So, we're going to knock on wood before going any further. But yeah, just on that alone... Hopefully the injury bug is not that bad in East Lansing, but hey, on a more serious note as well, Mel Tucker made some key moves in the transfer portal. We're going to get to a lot of these guys when we break down the offense and the defense, but he made strides at kicker. All right, and we're not just talking field goals. We're also talking kickoffs, a very underrated part of the game here. We're talking defensive line as well, going from... Maybe a little undersized in the Big Ten last year, too. Well, seriously, quite literally, beefing up there as well, and also the receiver as well. We're going to get to all that here in a hot second, gang. But first, I need to talk your ear off about LinkedIn jobs. That is right. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. So, hey, that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is so easy, guys, that even I could add a job on a profile. It is simple. You can do it. And when you do it, Add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. It is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So go treat yourself to the best job site out there. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So what are you waiting for, gang? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions. You got that right, Buster. They apply. All right, let's get things started with the offensive side of the ball. And the way we're going to do this, you know, we're going to spend some time here on the offense. We're going to jump to the defense and then a little bit of special teams. For each of these units, we're going to name the strength. We're going to name the weakness. And we're going to name the question mark that is quite bluntly like, even someone that follows this team as closely as I do, I don't, I don't really know what to expect. But let's start with the strength of this offense, all right? I truly think a lot of other people that are well, you know, a lot smarter than me think that it is going to be the run game for Michigan State this season. Hey, that sounds weird, doesn't it? Because what was really not a strength for Michigan State at all last year? Well, the run game. Uh, last year, 3.8 yards per carry. That's eighth in the conference, all right? That's just on the wrong side of average in the conference. Now, I got some fun stats for you that I can name off here. They were outside of the top 100 in the country in opportunity rate, power success rate, and stuff rate. All right, maybe you've never heard those stats in your entire life. These are stats that I like to bark out on Lockdown Spartans because they're a pretty good indicator of how solid your running backs and offensive line are in cohesion with each other. Opportunity rate, what percentage of plays go at least four yards? In other words, hey, you guys did your job on that run play. Power success rate, how many times, what percentage of times did you get a first down on third or fourth down with two or less yards to go? If you watched even two games last year of Michigan State, you know that, hey, on third and short and fourth and short, Michigan State didn't do all too well. Yeah, they were rated outside the top 100 for that. And then stuff rate is what percentage of your run plays get stopped at or behind the line of scrimmage. You get stuffed. It's as easy as that. 
They were outside the top 100 in that as well. So how is Michigan State going to fix that? Why Why am I so high on the run game this year, of all things, after going through all those stats from last season? Well, that magical transfer portal can fix a lot of things. And hey, it fixed a ton of things two years ago with Kenneth Walker. That's right, another running back. I do want to stop myself there. I'm not going to call these guys the next Kenneth Walker. That was a generational prospect at running back. However, you got Nathan Carter. You got Jaron Mangum. And also, well, coming back from last year, Jalen Berger as well. Nathan Carter, 6.2 yards per carry in his short season last year. Just played four games before missing out the rest of the season with a shoulder injury. But if you've seen any pictures of this guy doing workouts for Michigan State... It's like the Incredible Hulk put on shoulder pads, and it's not just, you know, the fancy Twitter pictures that say that. No, in the four games he played last year, he led the nation in yards after contact. I mean, this guy is a road grader of a running back. Jaron Mangum, yeah, big boy as well. Six foot two, 230 pounds, could be the short yardage specialist as well. And then Jalen Berger, let's not forget about the guy that's already here. The last month of the season... Five yards per carry. Not too shabby. So look, the running backs, I got full faith in. And then, well, what's the other part of the run game, guys? It's the offensive line. For the first time in a long time. For the first time in a long time, Michigan State has talent on the offensive line. And more importantly, as we've learned last year with injury issues, they have depth this year, guys. Your starting lineup for offensive line right now, I mean, things can change between now and opening the kickoff. Brandon Baldwin. At left tackle, Gino Vandemark, Nick Samak, J.D. Duplain on the inside. Nick Samak, J.D. Duplain, Big Ten honorable mention guys last year. Gino Vandemark, former four-star recruit, finally going to get his shot in the starting lineup. And then at right tackle, Spencer Brown as well. And we got guys behind them like Dallas Fincher, Chris Phillips, Ethan Boyd. A lot of these guys are sophomores or redshirt sophomores that are in their third year of offensive line play under Coach Kapilovic. One of the best offensive line coaches in the nation, it is said. And, well, if they have a strong year, well, that, that's kind of going to well certify those sayings right there. And also one other addition to this offensive line as well, Keyshawn Blackstock, number one junior college-rated interior offensive line. He joins Michigan State, I mean, on top of getting offered by a lot of other great schools in the country right now. Yeah, he's on the two deep, but, I mean, he will be getting a ton of playing time because, well, not only was he the number one interior offensive lineman recruit out of junior college, but he's also built like a tackle as well. He could play all five positions on the line, so get ready for a lot of Keyshawn Blackstock. Look, we're going into the fourth year of Mel Tucker. One knock against him is that, hey... There's not really an identity. Like, I don't really know what I'm going to be getting with the offense here. Are you guys a passing team? Are you guys a running team? What do you guys do? This, I think, is going to be a year that is a seminal moment for Mel Tucker into making MSU's identity, well, that that pound green pound. Just the, the five yards in a cloud of dust because this is the time to do it. Now, it's because you have the talent to do it. You have the running backs. You have the offensive line. Let's go to the weakness, though. It also might be out of necessity that you have to be a run-first team this year because the weakness, I'm going to go with the wide receivers here. And look, I mean, this is something that I very well could have thrown in the question mark category because there are good pieces here. I mean, Lante Brown, transfer out of Nebraska, former four-star kid, known to be that speed demon guy, 
get you the straight line routes and get upfield. Also, Tyrell Henry, we've seen how shifty he can be. Jerron Glover has been turning heads at practice. And then, oh yeah, back for his seemingly 18th year at Michigan State, Trey Mosley as well. You also got young guns like Antonio Gates Jr., big-bodied Christian Fitzpatrick, Montori Foster, who has been here for, for a while as well. But hey, look, point blank, when you lose... Two NFL-caliber receivers in Jaden Reed, who went to the second round of the Packers, and then Keon Coleman, who sought greener pastures down in Tallahassee at Florida State. Look, I, it's not good to lose two NFL-caliber receivers. That's right. How about that for some hard-hitting analysis right there? It's uh, it, I'll say that again for those that missed it. It's not good to lose two NFL players at a single position group. So, yes, that is why it's going to be a weakness going into this season. Can they surprise us? Can we all look at each other by the time October rolls around and being like, hey, you know, these young guns, they, they got something going on here. Yeah, we very well could, but man, there is a drop-off between what we had last year and what we will have this year, at least going into week one. Now, the question mark, you guys already know what it is. It's the quarterbacks. It's the quarterbacks because, yes, Peyton Thorne, he leaves at 11.59 p.m. on the transfer portal deadline. He is out of here. He's gone. The two-year starter, the Peach Bowl winner, he's out of here. But I'm just not sure how much drop-off there is going to be. Look, great season. You know, record-setting season. I believe the most touchdown passes at Michigan State in a single season in that Peach Bowl year also helps me have Kenneth Walker because, well, I mean, of course he runs the ball, but he also sets up play action as well. Last year, Hit and miss. Look, it wasn't a disaster season for Peyton Thorne. You know, he had a lot of good moments, but boy, the, the bad moments were, were glaring, unfortunately. Now you have Noah Kim. You have Kaden Hauser. Who will the starter be? Right now, if I had to pick, I'm going to guess Noah Kim, but I'm also going to guess that this is going to be a battle that goes into that Washington game in week three. What do you get with each guy? Noah Kim. I, we've seen him for 19 passes, all right? He played in three games last year against Akron, against Minnesota during that bloodbath, and then he also did some mop-up duty against Ohio State as well. However, in those 19 passes, 14 completions. I mean, very efficient. Also, three touchdowns. No interceptions. I, we've been seeing good things out of Noah Kim here so far. He's poised. He just looks fearless, and I know that's so cliche, but... How many times do you see a backup quarterback get in the game and just, oh, I don't want to make a mistake like that? That wasn't Noah Kim last year at all. He was, he was a fearless killer out there. He's also got the live legs. I mean, we've seen some good throws, too, in those 19 passes in the open spring practice as well. So that's what you get with Noah Kim. Now, Kaden Hauser, we don't know a lot about him. He really has not played a lot at Michigan State. Former four-star kid out of California, though. Rated four stars for both his power with his frame, his legs, and his arm as well. I mean, there have been rave reviews on the cannon of an arm he has. Now, can he catch up to the senior Noah Kim? Stay tuned to find out. He has the talent to do it, but can he catch up learning the offense, learning the playbook, commanding an offense as well? to unseat the guy that's older than him in Noah Kim. Stay stay tuned for that one. That is going to be uh, item number one as far as storylines into week one goes for Michigan State. Now for the defense. That's right. A lot of eyeballs on the defense this year. For, hey, some good reasons. Let's start off with the strength here. I mean, I, this front seven can be 
one of the best in the Big Ten. And no, I don't I don't think that's just me being a huge Michigan State slappy. I'm not looking at this through my green-tinted sunglasses. I Look, I mean, this is a front seven that can take a big leap from last year. And, well, just like, hey, calling the run game a strength for the offense, uh, it's not like the front seven had a incredible year last year. I mean, they were average at best in many metrics last season. But, hey, it hurts when Darius Snow is out for... 11 and a half games last season. It hurts when Winman is, you know, playing a little out of position at defensive end. He slides back to linebacker and then, well, uh-oh, arguably your best player on defense. He has to sit out the last month after the incident at Michigan. It also hurts when you're head undersized at defensive line. But hey, why is it a strength this year then? In the middle, Redshirt sophomore Derek Harmon, 6'5, 320 pounds. Redshirt junior Simeon Barrow, 6'3, 290 pounds. And that 6'3, 290 pounds for Simeon Barrow, that that there is no fluff on that 290. That is a shredded 290. He is going to wreak some havoc for offensive lines in the Big Tens. Now, on the side, your defensive ends. Two high-pedigree players. You have the Texas AM transfer, Tumishi Adelie. Hey, Riggs and Phoenix, thank you very much for that pronunciation. We will continue to work on that throughout the season. But yes, Tuiche Adelaide. Yep, that's right. And then Chris Bogle. That's a little easier name to pronounce. But both these guys came out of high school as top 60 recruits. Chris Bogle spent a few years in Florida, came up to Michigan State last year. Injury issues, go figure. He played on Michigan State's defense. Of course there's injury issues. But also, Tumise as well, he was a top 50 kid uh, out of Texas A&M is where he just transferred from. Now, your linebackers? Well, Cal Halliday, the guy who had the most tackles in the Big Ten amongst returners this year. Also, Jacoby Winman, the program's first ever three-time Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week winner. And you only played in, what, eight games last year? That's that's called highly efficient. And also, you have depth, too. This is what we are talking about, guys, when it comes to being undersized last year, but taking a step forward in that this year. Through the transfer portal, they added Jarrett Jackson. They added Dre Butler. They added Jalen Sami to the defensive line. All those guys, at least six foot five, 300 pounds. Jalen Sami, a cool six foot six, 330 pounds as well. Now, death at defensive end, Avery Dunn. I mean, hey, when everyone else was nursing whatever injury they had on defense, Avery Dunn got a lot of spin last year, and he made the most of it at the end of the season. Thought he had some really good flashes at defensive end. And also, two young guns by Job and Andrew DePape. Two top 200 recruits in the nation, both played defensive end. I'm sure they will get their fair share of snaps at that position. So it's exciting. And also, excuse me. Brandon Wright, I just glossed right over his name as well. He's back for another season. Really good head headhunter as a defensive end on third down situations where they're just saying, hey, go get that quarterback right there. They're going to be passing. Why don't you go ahead and do that? So, I mean, I, you have a lot of reason to feel good about the front seven. Now, the weakness of this defense, whoa, gee, I wonder what this could be. Uh, it's the secondary. Look, this is going to be the weakness until proven otherwise. Uh, it's It's not like it's a fringe thing either. The passing defense has been at the bottom of the conference, both by the eye test and what the numbers tell you, the last two seasons. Even in that 11-2 Peach Bowl season, the pass defense was completely abysmal. Now, is it all the fault of the cornerbacks or the safeties? No, of course not. When it's that bad for the pass defense, it's a little bit of everything. Like, sure, pressuring the quarterback 
might help these guys a little bit, but man, it, it is going to be a big season for the cornerbacks, the safeties. Now, how have they tried to fix it in the offseason? Well, they got two transfers. Terry Roberts out of Iowa, very seldomly plays. Samar Melvin out of Wisconsin, also very seldomly played over there as well. Armarion Smith, too, young safety out of Cincinnati. I'm sure like he'll add some depth, but he's more of a, hey, hope that in two, three years he can contribute here as well. Now, for your starters at cornerback, I assume, at least, I mean, things can change, of course, but Charles Brantley and Marquis Lowry, and they're fine. Like, they're, they're solid at cornerbacks, but they have to stay healthy. Big theme here for this defense, if you haven't caught on yet by now. But yes, Brantley, Lowry, a little bit of injury issues in their time. So we're really going to have to count on a lot of young players at this position. Young guys like Dylan Tatum, redshirt freshman Caleb Coley, true freshman Chance Rucker as well. So this could be... This could be a big year for a lot of young guys that really don't have a lot of experience. I mean, Dylan Tatum got some in the last month last year. Don't get that twisted. But also at safety, you have two true sophomores projected to start, Jaden Mangum and Malik Spencer. That's great. Jaron Mangum, nice free safety. Malik Spencer, solid, strong safety as well, coming downhill on the run games. Now, who's behind these guys? No, no, really, like, who, who is behind these guys? Like, the, the, the depth at safety is a little thin. You feel good about the true sophomores, former four-star kids. They got a lot of experience last year with everyone else going down with injury. But, man, if they go down with injury this year, stay tuned to find out what's going to happen here at Spartan Stadium every single Saturday. So, yeah, but what's the question mark of this defense? For me, it's not even a position group. It's specifically Darius Snow. Linebacker last year, really good tackler, great in pass coverage as far as linebackers go. He sustained that injury in week one last year. It has been said so far in practice that, yeah, he can do some drills, but he is not close to being full contact. Will we get him for week one? Maybe, I don't know. It's not sounding all too optimistic right now. Will he join middle of the season? Who knows? But when he joins... How strong will he be? And until he joins, who's going to step into that third linebacker role? Is it going to be Angelo Gross, who plays more of that nickel position, or Aaron Brule, more of that pure linebacker position? So, look, we've seen the importance of well having linebackers that can uh, do some pass coverage, and that's not a Michigan State-specific problem. Like, there's plenty of college teams that have linebackers that really kind of struggle with pass coverage, but, man... Darius Snow was one of the better ones, if not the best one on this team. Aaron Brule, maybe your second best one. So we're, we're going to see what it's going to be like with Darius Snow coming back from injury. Now, to round things off, like any good Big Ten podcast, we're going we're gonna to put a cap on it with some special teams here. The strength? Hey, kickoffs. I know, the most unsexy part of a football game. You probably miss them all because you're going to the bathroom or getting another beer from the fridge or buying 50-50 tickets at the stadium, but hey, Last year, kickoffs kind of actually hurt Michigan State uh, more than any of us thought. They were almost last place in kickoff touchbacks. Not great. Their opponents, though, well, almost led the conference in return yards on kickoffs. They got Jonathan Kim, transferred from North Carolina two years ago, led the ACC in touchbacks. All right, this guy has a rocket for a leg. He's going to give the, or no, not even give the option to the other teams of returning the ball. 
That's great. That's awesome. Don't even give him the chance of burning one 50, 60, or dare I say 100 yards for a touchdown, kind of like Indiana did last year that kept Michigan State from going to a bowl game. Now, the weakness, I'm so sorry to say this to, to Ryan Eckley, but he's the next punter for Michigan State, but it, it sucks to say I'm giving this kid no chance, but... The weakness is just punting on principle because that's how great Bryce Berger was the last two years. I, look, he was a consensus first-team All-American for a reason. He averaged 49 yards per punt last year, Bryce Berger did. That is first place in Michigan State program history. Do you want to fetch a guess? Who is second place in MSU program history for best season punting? Guys, it's Bryce Berenger. Uh, two years ago was the second best year of all time. So, yes, poor Ryan Eckley, young kid Ryan Eckley, who I'm sure will have a fine year, but, man, it is going to be a steep drop-off from where Michigan State was last year in the punt game. And then the question mark, field goals. Hey, we got Jonathan Kim from North Carolina. Now, why did he transfer? Because he wanted to go to a school that would give him an opportunity to kick field goals. His only place-kicking experience is... One extra point two years ago, which he made. It was great. But, hey, last year for Michigan State, we know the story. Six of 12 in field goals, two missed extra points. That's two more than you want in an entire season. So, hey, Jonathan Kim, we know you can do kickoffs. But if you could just kick field goals at like a 75 80% clip, God, you're going to be royalty, at least in locked on streets terms. <laughs> locked on streets. Locked on Spartans terms. Locked on streets. Tune into that podcast. Wonder what that's going to be all about. But hey, gang, this is indeed locked on Spartans. Hope this 30 minutes was enlightening for you. Hope you're ready for the season again. Less than three weeks. I'm pumped. I cannot wait for it. But hey, you know where to find us for all the news. We're going to be doing more breakdowns, more specific positional breakdowns as well, leading up to kickoff. You know where to find us. Locked on Spartans. Now go enjoy the rest of your week, the rest of your offseason. Love you all. Go Green!